Welcome back to Wine, Women, and Song. We've been off for, oh Lord, over a year? Yeah, like 18 months. 18 months. It's July 2019, and a lot has happened since then. Yeah. Uh, first, let me uh, say uh, I'm your host, Jay Austin Bittner, and with me today are... Paige Bittner, Megan Dimock, Annie Gill, Gabrielle Demare. Wonderful. Thank you, ladies, for coming today. And um, just turn this down a little bit. If, I'm, if we're I or we are a bit rusty, I apologize. But uh, as I alluded to, a lot has happened here in our household and many other people's households. But the reason for the hiatus was we got a little busy because Paige and I um, were, at the time we started the hiatus, we were expecting our first child. Yeah. And now, um, as we give this podcast, uh, I am looking on my phone at the video of the crib with Elise Margot, a very wine-appropriate name, um, asleep in the crib. At least I hope she's staying that way because I'm just getting the swirly, swirly thing, so this is so much fun. Um, Anywho, that is the main reason for that hiatus. And so, uh, but we're glad to be back, and we're going to... uh, well, this theme today comes a little bit out of one of the things we also did in the hiatus, which was we finally cataloged the wine cellar. Uh, Megan, you helped with that. I did, you and yeah. Dave uh, helped help get that kick started, and we have like over 1,200 bottles. Is that what we came up yeah. with? Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, one of the first things we did when we um, when we did that was we was like. We were like, let's look at you know what we have, and let's look at something that really, really needs to be drink that you know we need to drink that we've forgotten about. And it was this really not expensive, sixteen-year-old uh, Washington State uh, Columbia Valley Riesling. Right. And, really random. Right. <laughs> we're like, let's open it up. Let's see how it is. And it was very enjoyable. Um, and it was a tad little oxidized, but not to the detriment of actually enjoying the wine. And, um, and so that kind of idea um, and our enjoyment of that came to help with uh, this theme and some of our upcoming themes. Uh, also because having a baby, it's much better to pull the wine out of the cellar than it is to go out to the store. Yes. Um, you might as well drink what we've already spent money on prior to that. Um, and so our theme tonight is we're going to um, drink some white wines that have aged. Specifically, we're gonna drink Chardonnays. Now, people who don't know, uh, about aging white wines. Um, white wines can be aged. Um, uh, some are well known for it better than others. And Chardonnay is a grape that's known for being able to be aged. Um, and so uh, Come lay down. we'll talk a little bit about that and we'll talk about uh, what we might be tasting and how that might be changing the wine as we go. Um, but also we're going to pair that with some singers that um, have aged and what maybe aging does to a voice and so we're going to talk about that and listen to that and so um, each of the the ladies have uh, selected uh, two selections from the same female uh, vocalist uh, singing uh, either the same or different pieces and uh, at different spans in their life uh, very wide spans apart and so we get to discuss aging and the singing voice and um, and what's good and bad or just different about that type of thing because uh, as, as with wine uh, things that age 
that change, that doesn't necessarily mean it's better or worse. It may just mean it's different and we have a different level of enjoyment or different kind of enjoyment of it. It's, uh, so we're looking forward to today's podcast. Um, I, at least I, I'm speaking for all of you, but I hope you are. You will no, seem enthusiastic with when I announce the theme. Very rushed, you know. Thank you all for helping put this together very quickly. Um, so I guess without further ado, should we dive in? Yeah. Um, and so for those of you who've listened in the past, just so you know, there'll be two selections of music before we uh, get to the wine. So it's just a little different uh, than the past. So there's a lot of music today, and uh, hopefully we won't go too far over on the podcast. Yeah. All right, so let me pour that first wine. Any questions? No? No, but I may have questions about aging white wine. So. Of course, that's what the further discussion is for. I guess part of the excitement at the end is finding out how old these wines are. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> and then and, um, also, let me just uh, ask for the page. This is part of being out of sync. Do you mind seeing where our dump bucket is? Because I don't want to pressure any. You got a lot of time to drink, but I don't want to pressure anybody to drink it all if they don't have to. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of pressure. What I what I can. She already pumped for the evening, so she can drink. You know, so yes. we're good shape there. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyways, oh my gosh, this is the end of the music. Do we want to cheers and go into the first selection, ladies? Yeah, sure. All right, here we go.
slowest I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I've heard that so slowly. <laughs> but yeah, she did it. She did. <laughs> so that was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the singer is Magda Olivero. Oh, yeah. Oh, and sense. yeah, the first one was um, in 1940, mm-hmm. um, singing "BC Dark" with. Um, the, I think it was a on the radio, maybe a radio recording with the um, the Torino Orchestra in Italy um, when she was 30, and then the second recording was her Met debut at the age of 65 uh, in 1970. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a 30-year span or 35 years. It was 1975. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. 1975 was her Met debut, um, and interestingly. This was, um, you know, back in the 40s, when she got married, she retired from singing and thought she was going to have children and didn't have children, and so she came back out of retirement and sang all over Italy and had this huge cult following, mm-hmm. and so finally in the U.S., they said, okay, we'll, you know, bring you, and I think, I think if I read right, did she stepped in for um, Birgit Nilsson, is that right? Um, who was ill or something like that, and that was her debut here. And like, the the audiences went crazy as you could yeah, uh, hear yeah. on the. So I just thought it was really interesting and to compare like the same aria yeah. Yeah. across thirty five years yeah. and how. To, to me, her voice was so much more dramatic. Yes. Yeah. You know, in, in the later one, and I don't know if that's if that's age, if it's style, if it's the era, like kind of how you sing at those times, but. Regardless, I thought it uh, thought it was an interesting totally contrast. Well, the the frequency of her yeah, vibrato, she, uh, I, I know, was like, yeah. it was almost like not the same singer because it was super fast in the first mm-hmm. one, and it wasn't like super slow, but it it mellowed, mm-hmm. uh, slowed down. It was like much more regulated. And I thought, I thought, oh, they're tricking us. They're I thought it was the, the the other yeah. the, have it her be older first. Yeah, and, she and, sounded yeah. better the second time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that could also be recording. You're right. Sure. Recording technology yeah. a little bit. But yeah. but the the, but the, but the couldn't but be the that frequency much. of the vibrato. Yeah. yeah, and I think in the second recording it was obviously a live performance, and I think it was from the audience. Um, yes, because you could hear her moving around. Yeah, yeah. you're moving around the stage, and you can hear the cough like really loud, like someone's really close. <laughs> and then the bravos at the end yeah. were super were very you know super yeah. loud that way too. So she's uh, acclaimed as an actress. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, so that well, I mean, Maria Callas, right? I mean, yeah. is that what, I hear that sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think when she, I had read somewhere when when she was first when Magda Olivero was starting her career, somebody told her your voice isn't very beautiful, mm-hmm. but she was a very proficient technician, like musically, and very good actress and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had to like live with that for a little while. But it, in her case, I feel like it became more beautiful over time. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. And she even, um, from what I read, like I think she sang into her 70s. Mm-hmm. And then when she passed away in 2014, she was 104. Wow. So she had some kind of like, you know, genetic youth. You know, mm-hmm. she found the fountain of youth for a while, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was great. No, I thought it was great to open with somebody singing the same exact aria because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it really, again, you notice so many things. And 
was the choice for the slower tempo an aging thing? <laughs> yeah. Or was it an artistic choice yeah. thing because of what comes with age is, you know, different things that you want to draw out of a text mm -hmm. or a scene, mm -hmm. which you may not have as much an emotional connection to in your younger years. Right. The, the other thing that's possible too is that as she became more of a known quantity, she was able to do more musically. Mm -hmm. She took a couple more liberties. With yeah. Like the yeah. Well, and clearly her dynamics. Yeah. Really she had a lot yeah. more control over yeah. her voice than right. the Mesa di Voce. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I felt the first one was um, was pretty and nice, but the second one I actually I was getting yeah, yeah, bumps at the end. end. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. All right, so what do you think of the first wine? It's nice. I really like it. Yeah, I like it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels very fresh to me. It's like tangy. Interesting, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Fresh. Now, we know we have often I've often remarked in, and, and joked in here that wine most wines are meant to be consumed immediately on your way home from the liquor store. <laughs> but um, but really, you know, that means within about one, maybe two years. And so and really if you're thinking about aging a wine, truly aging a wine, you're usually looking at five plus years out. Um, you can I mean, you can drink them before, obviously. We drink younger wines all the time, but Really, it usually takes, um, you know, five years for wines that have the stuff to age that it starts to make a, a real noted difference. Mm -hmm. um, and in white wines, you want to have a good acidic structure, mm -hmm. and you want, um, in, the, in their youth, you want some vibrant fruit flavors because the fruit flavors are going to fade. Um, as the wine gets older, um, and the acid component is going to meld more into the rest of the wine flavors and bring out other components and mm -hmm. other. And for Chardonnays in particular, older Chardonnays tend to get more savory type flavors and less fruity type mm -hmm. flavors. And the nose changes, right? Of course, all of the aromatics change as yeah. well. And the color on this is. No, it's not too dark. It's kind of light, yeah. but it's a, like a pale gold straw. You get a lot of, um, on both the nose and in the, the taste, I get peach. Now, I don't know if that's because we just had a lovely peach dessert, or if it's just what I noticed. But I really like the richness of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I like the... Very silky. Yes, smooth. Yeah, the, the acidity seems pretty round. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think the the I think the fruit is still there on the mid palate, really nice um, and gentle. But I think the finish goes more towards the savory notes, more towards um, like roasted cashews or something mm. like that. Never a bad choice. No, yeah. Never a bad choice, yeah. right? <laughs> you guys drink a lot of Chardonnay. Yes. I yes. Do. That's fine. But my palate's not as sophisticated. No, but that's okay. But my question is, if you drink a lot of Chardonnay, you're drinking a lot of young yeah. Chardonnay. Yeah. So I'll be very Tastes interested as we go through if you're noticing any big differences. Because I don't drink a ton of Chardonnay. I'm not. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, that's probably why I have some older ones in the cellar. Um, I don't know. 
We drink it, but it's not our go-to. We probably drink more Savion Blanc around here than Chardonnay. That's true. Yeah, because we, yeah, we tend to drink more white in the summer. And usually I'm like, I need something crisp. It's really hot outside. Like we'll today. drink a Savion Blanc yeah. or an Albarino or something really, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd be interested, as we go through, I'd be interested in, in knowing your thoughts. Um, should we move on to wine number two? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll go ahead and pour that while we're listening to our second singer.
um, she, she gave a recital from the Met stage into the spirituals. Um, now, to me, okay, so what she did was not nearly as flashy as Serbinetta's aria. However, the quality of the voice is really good. Yeah. And she's, well, some of those onsets were Yeah, incredible. Yeah, and she's almost 70 years old. Wow. Singing. Oh, 70. Yeah. Oh, she was 69 years old for that recital. Mm -hmm. So, to me, it's very interesting. And the reason why I picked this is because, like, we were having a conversation about a whole bunch of different stuff before we started the podcast. And, you know, um, I think Gabrielle said, oh, well, you know, as a, a singer, your voice matures and changes. Not, <laughs> not always, though. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, as an artist, you kind of hope that your voice matures and changes because then you get to sing different rep. And this goes into, for women, what I think women can deal with more than men is the physical um, appearance that goes along with mm -hmm. certain roles that you sing. And you hope that as you age, your voice gets heavier and lower so that you can physically match the roles you're singing. But then... What do you do when you're a light, high soprano mm -hmm. and your voice has not changed from much mm -hmm. in terms of quality and weight and everything from your early 20s to almost 70 years mm -hmm. old? Uh, now, Kathleen Battle is doing just fine because after she got fired from the Met, she kind of stopped performing opera. She got fired from a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. um, but she has had an enormous musical career. Like she's mm -hmm. won five Grammys. She was in Fantasia. She was in a Janet Jackson album. I mean, she has not hurt for uh, musical work. opportunities and work. Right. But you wonder if she hadn't gotten fired and she had continued to do these Ina and Etta roles and the lyric color roles, would she still be doing them on mm -hmm. the stage at this point? I mean, mm -hmm. she could certainly possibly sing mm -hmm. them still. Yeah. So that's why I picked this. Interesting, kind of. So I, I have a question. Yeah. Um, and I, maybe I know this a little bit. Who? Maybe this is more for our listeners who aren't singers or aren't mm -hmm. familiar with like sort of the typical career track. And I know there's not like a typical one, but mm -hmm. like at what <clears throat> at what age would you expect somebody to who's like a you know real diva to make their Met debut? For it's instance. changed over time. Really, yeah. we used to do it really young mm -hmm. in their 20s was mm -hmm. normal but today it's very rare usually in your 30s mm -hmm. you're just starting out on your career but mm -hmm. it also depends on the type of voice yeah like the lighter color turie voices go faster mm -hmm. so they can also start a lot younger. right start younger right like with kathleen battle she was discovered by um a famous conductor thomas shippers and she was born and raised in Ohio and was teaching fifth and sixth grade music. God love her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, that conductor came to town and she auditioned for him in Cincinnati. And he kind of um, jump started her career because he gave her a contract for the Spoleto Festival in Italy. Mm -hmm. And so that even was a big deal mm -hmm. to make in the 70s to make a debut at a major festival like that mm -hmm. at age 24. So that is, I mean, you could call her being on the fast track, even though it's not like what we do today, if you're lucky or whatever, mm -hmm. if you get into YAPS or like the, the big young artist programs. Um, but what really was the turning point for Kathleen Battle's career was in, what year was it? In 1974, 
she was introduced to James Levine. Uh, and so yeah. that, yeah. that was that was the big yes, but she's female. So <laughs> yes. the big catalyst for her. And they he just loved her and they had a professional relationship um, for the next twenty years. Little tell it. Get out of the cabinet. So <laughs> I, I love I love Kathleen though. I do. Too. I mean it's mm -hmm. just a personal favorite. And uh, to hear that you said that she was 70 when she mm -hmm. sang this last thing. What? 69. <laughs> so it, it really, the, the tone quality didn't change much yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. And the question is, yes, if she had to sing some more demanding things, this is one particular spiritual mm -hmm. that, that, so we're, hear that yeah. we're hearing. Definitely exposed, but doesn't go yeah. to the uh, extreme. And so uh, I don't know if on that concert, Maybe she chose other ones. When you're doing spirituals, you can augment it to yeah. anything you yeah. want. And I think she did. I, I think mm -hmm. in the past, like when she was younger, she oh, would yeah. throw in a lot, of, a lot of things. Yes. So, so that would be an interesting question. Uh, uh, this is one thing that you're not going to do anything to because of mm -hmm. the, the reverence of the song. But um, okay. Also, I think the whole concert was spirituals. Yeah. 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 Was was and she had a full chorus and so yeah. Yeah. a lot of the pressure I think was off the yeah. but I can I have two stories personal stories about Kathleen Battle not that we like had a kiki or anything but um, <laughs> I will and the reason why I picked her too is she still is one of my favorite voices like of all time um, in high school I sang in the May Festival Youth Chorus when she sang in the May Festival back in front of her <laughs> um, but she was what well. What was the location? Uh, Cincinnati. Yes. Cincinnati. There you go. Um, and she was into her fifties then and sounded just gorgeous. She sang the Mozart Laudate Domino, oh, just beautiful. But she was two hours late for rehearsal. Oh, late on a Monday. That's why night. she got fired from the She's two hours late. And then I saw her in a solo recital in Cincinnati, also in like either two thousand one or two thousand two. And it's one of the best performances I've ever seen of a vocalist doing anything. And she, the quality of her voice is what made her famous, I think. Mm -hmm. And she sounded fresh from beginning to end, and she gave eight encores. Wow. Uh, eight. Oh my God. And sounded amazing from the first note to the last yeah. note. Yeah. Yeah. If only she would have showed up on time. Yeah, her right. whole career could have yeah. been totally different. Yeah. But as you said, maybe if her career had been different, maybe the voice, wouldn't, know, voice wouldn't have held up the way yeah. it did. Because, well, again, pre-podcast we were chatting about things, and you, you, Annie, mentioned, you know, your voice right now feels silky and velvety, but you think it's kind of maybe because you're not teaching voice lessons. Right, right. right? I've been on a maternity leave. Um, I had a baby also. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Life changes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think when you, you know everybody's voice is different, but you know the the more you demand of your voice, the the more you demand of your voice, the more wear and tear it can have mm -hmm. on it. And with somebody like Kathleen Battle, you know when she got fired from the Met, it's not like she had to go get a job. I don't know, like at a restaurant, being a waitress or something. Like she is an extremely wealthy woman. So she could just kind of hang out and still pick yeah, up Yeah, well projects. that was back in the day of the hefty recording contract, yeah. right? Yeah. Which she got a lot of, so I'm uh, sure she was yeah. sitting. Right. Sitting pretty. So she, she has, has and still has the luxury of picking and choosing what she does and um, 
not overtaxing her instrument. Mm -hmm. Where, especially with international travel and opera, um, it can just really make you tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really make you tired. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, wine number two. Oh, I love wine number two. You love wine number two. <clears throat> yes, I think it is delicious. Yeah, so it's extremely different from wine number one. Very different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it still has a lot of acidic structure, but but in like a very sort of subtle kind of way. Like it, it feels very nicely balanced. Much more golden. Yes. Yeah. I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'd say this. Okay. So obviously, I didn't have a problem drinking either one. <laughs> um, this tastes to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like it has sherry in it. Like, uh, a, yeah, so very rich. So it kind of can taste. Well, but yeah. I mean, sherry has a little oxidation, so older mm -hmm. wines can have that kind of oxidation. And like I said, it's mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. No. It just yeah. brings out other types of flavors, mm -hmm. and, and so. A lot of people describe sherry as having more of a savory type of characteristic, mm -hmm. so that would be this aging towards that. Um, uh, I will give away, these are a little older, mm -hmm. uh, so they will tend to be a little more towards that direction. Is it oaky? Is it an oak? There's oak in okay, this one, yeah, definitely. That's definitely. There seems to be more oak compared to the first one. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's not as buttery. But it's, yeah. but not as, as no, it's not buttery oak, but you, right. can, you can still sense the tannins mm -hmm. in, yes. the, mm -hmm. in the wine. Yeah, it has a totally different texture. Mm -hmm. It's finish. Really, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, I mean, the apple is so prominent yeah. in here, but it really tastes like a like some sort of poached apple. Like a very rich, deep apple flavor. Not a not a bright, fresh. You know, you picked a yeah. honey crisp or whatever mm -hmm. apple. It just tastes like. You know a what I mean? Yeah, it tastes like a fortified wine has yeah. a fortified wine in there. Except yeah. it's not sweet no, like a fortified wine at all, but it has that kind of unctuousness yes. and that yeah. mouthfeel kind but of. In a good way, not oily in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've been thinking, you know, me and you know, about aging wines and um, aging meats and things that they do. And I know you you and you posted a lovely dinner where we tried some dry aged beef next to you know not dry aged beef, and uh, you know what what happens with with that? You know more about that process than I do about for the meat, in terms of like what it's supposed to do. Well, <laughs> that's a really interesting thing. Actually, I don't age any of my own. Right. Um, it definitely has. Um, like more of a umami kind mm -hmm. of uh, taste to it, I guess you could say, and uh, and and it has a stronger taste. Mm -hmm. And if you smell dry aged beef, it doesn't smell very good. And uh, funny when you you say that uh, experiment that we did, a lot of people liked more the texture of the meat. Uh, uh, better than necessarily the flavor mm -hmm. of the meat. So uh, some people would pick the filet mignon, and usually pe people would say a filet mignon doesn't have much flavor at all, but it's chosen for more the texture mm -hmm. than very yeah. softness. Yeah. And the people who I, I, I got the sense like really eat beef on a regular basis and, and would definitely choose the more dry aged mm -hmm. beef. They, they, they were drawn to have that beef flavor. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like 
putting anchovies on the plate. It, it really has a, a distinctive. Mm -hmm. Distinctive. Yeah, I feel, and, and, and I mentioned it because I feel like this is distinctive. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know right. if the first one we've had, if I poured it for you, you would have said, that's an aged Chardonnay. Yeah. You know what it I mean? could have passed. You know what? You, somebody might have said, oh, this one, I think if you pick it up and, and you know, like, with, without me telling you, you would go, I think this has some age on it. I would right? agree with yeah. that 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting uh, comparison of wine. Um, yeah, no, this was this def and it's definitely one of those. Uh, luck, uh, sadly, luckily, I know what all these wines are. So <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I remember this wine in its youth, and it was good, but it wasn't this mm -hmm. good. Um, I'm kind of sad it's the last, the last bottle from the show. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. you have to pair this with a shrimp notebook. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, totally good. see that. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would think. Yeah, that would be delicious. So, um... You guys should open it. Hmm? You guys should open it. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we have no... Without the work at all. No time. No restaurant. Post one party, you know, pop-up. Restaurant, mm. a pop up that could be fun. A pop up wine woman and song. Me and cooks and Jay pairs the wines and we come eat and drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, and, and charge. I mean, if, if, yeah. if we don't no pop up, it would require us to get a lot of followers online to come. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which that's is a good time for me to mention. Um, we are in, you can find us online. Um, we have a Facebook page, but as I know, Facebook is so passe. It's for the for the old folks like myself. Um, but I understand the Instagram. Is the gram. The gram. The gram. The gram. The it's not the Insta. It's the gram. The gram. That sounds like even older. However. Um, so anyway, the gram. Uh, we are podcast WWS, and I know we'll post some photos from the night, and we'll also share when uh, this podcast gets up as well um, so look for us on those things and if you if you're you know a new listener we do have a catalog of you know quite a few podcasts mm -hmm. uh, you know in the hopper so to speak for you to go back and listen since, to since it's not really current events so much like that's right I mean the only thing I could say feel like you're going back in time so the, much. Only, <laughs> the only thing I could say about current events right now is we are giving a podcast from hell right now so apparently yeah. this is hell. We're, I yeah. used to always say, yeah. you know, I'm going to hell for the, making this joke or whatever. I didn't realize I moved to hell oh, 20 years yeah. ago. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we're in Baltimore, if you yeah. didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> some peop, some prominent people have started to refer to this place as hell. So. Yeah. And, and there's, you I know, a huge... Was that a rat that just Yeah, I know. Sorry, just a cat. That black thing chewing... It's a giant rat. Oh no, it's just Kira. Yeah. Right. And people don't choose to live here. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I didn't choose to Not live everybody here. Not everybody in this or Buy this home or have this wine cellar or any of that. So. No. End of rant. End of rant. Yes. There we go. All right. So without further ado, I will start the third and and pour the third.
Yes. Yes. So that was Mariella Delia. Uh, she's an Italian singer. Not as well known. Um, have you guys ever heard of her before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe not as known among people in the United States. And our listeners may not. The listeners may not be familiar with her. Um, but yeah, so that first recording um, was at, from the Met in, um, let's see, in 87. But she was born in 1948. Um, so, you know, 39. Yeah, so she, she made her like operatic yeah. debut when she was uh, in 1973, so in her mm -hmm. 20s. Um, and she was considered, I guess, like a lyric coloratura, mm -hmm. um, but really she's a bel canto specialist. Mm -hmm. So that was really like her bread and butter. Like, if you listen to the language in the French, it was not so great. But the, <laughs> the singing, the singing um, like her technical oh, yeah. ability is really amazing. And she's really well known for um, for doing the queens. There aren't a lot of uh, sopranos who do all three. The, uh, the yeah, so it's, yeah, the Donizetti queens are Maria Stuarda, Anna Bolena, and what's the other one? Uh, Lucrezia Borgia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she was um, one of the singers that was able to, to handle all three. Um, but yeah, so she retired from singing from the operatic stage in 2018, last year, doing mm. Norma. But this recording is from 2019, it's from this year, um, which I thought was incredible. And she was, what, 70 or 71? I don't know. 71. 71, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, can we all sound like that when we're right. Yeah. I know. It's just like her technical ability is so amazing. It's just unreal. Well, I thought it was interesting. The reason I you gave me a couple different yeah. choices for the older recording, one of the reasons I chose this one is it is perhaps a role meant for the character, the character of yeah, the role is actually yeah. probably younger yeah. than the first character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though, you know, um, Gilda is yeah. very young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Juliet, Juliet is younger. Younger, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yet she's singing it so yeah. vibrantly. Yeah. I mean, close your eyes and like, I mean, and she still looks great. You know. But you don't have to close your eyes because yeah. this is a podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. You know. But I mean, she she probably do a mean poison aria too. Um, but yeah, I mean, the interesting thing too, if you watch the concert of this, there are several different pieces in it and she is able to, her voice took on a completely different character. She lightened it up when she did this. And I don't know, it's just, it just blew my mind, honestly. Um, cause her voice took on to me a lot of warmth yeah. and richness. Mm -hmm. Um, but the te you, the technique is still, still there, yeah. flawlessly there, and it's from top to bottom in both recordings. I feel like her voice is so lined up, mm -hmm. just like the only thing I noticed in the second recording was I felt like her descending coloratura passages yeah. were a little more tempered. Yeah, as if like that's the part of is the part of her yeah. singing now that's giving her a little more trick. It's like. I'll be a little more careful as I go into this, yeah. you know, versus yeah. In, yeah. in the early recording, there was more abandoned. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that'd be my own, it wasn't that it was bad, it was yeah. just like, yeah. being a singer, I know what that's like, yeah. you know, it sounds different when you're like, wait a second, this is something I really have to make sure everything yeah. is right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfectly lined up. Does, does that make sense? It wasn't totally. Yeah. 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 It, what I noticed about the the second recording was the richness. Oh, the top quality was yeah, yeah, it was definitely good. a lot more round. This and not not like the sound was not round in the first one, but it was even more so. It's like it had depth. Yeah, yeah. it had different. Yeah. You know, um, there was a darker. It, right. Yeah. It, well, but it was. But it was. It'd be like it was like it was like singing. You know, with a different hall acoustic. Right. Mm -hmm. But it was. Just her voice. <laughs> yeah, really just her right, voice. Yeah. But that, I mean, I'm sure they were in different halls or whatever. Yeah. But it was really, what, what I'm talking about is the voice. It was like there was, the resonance cavity seemed to add more depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's about a 30-year gap, like, mm -hmm. more yeah. than 30 years. Yeah. Most of these were, like, 30-plus-year yeah. gaps, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what is so impressive to me as a soprano listening to all of these when you hear the aging soprano voice is... Um, when the top is still intact yeah. and the top can be approached so easily and precisely and with such delicacy because a lot of the, well, with some people as they age, you can really hear the voice just get more labored mm -hmm. with, with other singers where the I think that's I, you know, I don't know. I, it can be life circumstances. I think it can be choice of breath. Mm -hmm. You know, just life choices. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and also for her, you know, we're talking about Kathy Bauer's voice. You mm -hmm. know, it didn't really change that much. Um, I feel like Davia like took the track that a lot of lyric coloraturists have to take as they age, um, and that she sang a lot of the the older women in bel canto. So like, mm -hmm. um, she still utilized the range of her voice, mm -hmm. but. Um, like I mean, I think she did a lot of normas, you know. The more so, the technical aspect of the singing was still difficult. Right. But the characters were more what you would expect a woman who has aged to sing. Like I don't think she would have been able to sing a Juliet on the operatic stage. Well, I yes. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 we will someday get to total suspension of disbelief. I right? would love that. You know. Just some good lighting. That's all she needs. Well, but yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, we. Well, again, earlier we were talking about, you know, the whole uh, uh, blackface in opera and, and how, and it, it's needed to happen, but also that, you know, eventually, wouldn't it be nice if the arts world totally comes around to where none of that matters, mm -hmm. and all that matters is the voice. Can you sing it, and can you bring authenticity to the character through your voice? And if it, if, they, if it comes to that and the rest of it doesn't matter, be it race, be it gender, whatever, that'll be a, that's a long road to get there. Yeah. Won't that be awesome That'd to be, be so that great. transcendent? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, all of these recordings uh, represent people that have really developed well over time. Mm -hmm. And if you think in sports, the body doesn't necessarily yeah. lend itself to do that, but we just saw Roger Federer almost yeah. win yeah. Yeah. again. Mm -hmm. And he's still on the top and of his game. And he's yeah. on the top, at the top of his game and can play with yeah. the young of the young, yeah. and, and it's got right. nothing to do with what he looks like or what he can do. At, you know, 39. Right. But then you, you take somebody like Lindsay Vaughn. Martina Navratilova. Or Serena. Yeah. 
Or like, but like Lindsay Vaughn had to retire because her body was yeah. so yeah. weak. Yeah. Just went, right. and she had had so many surgeries and so well, many. Well, it's a whole. It's a different sport. Different it's a different sport. athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what you alluded to with Kathleen Battle. Mm -hmm. We don't know what might have happened if she had gone through a whole wear and tear. And mm -hmm. Magda had almost a decade off, you know. Yeah. Right. From professional singing. Yeah. Yeah. There. Right. Well, and from right. any kind of work. And worship. Yeah. I mean, other than right. housework, which is a lot. But yeah, not like different kind of work. Not having to get up and go to the office every day. But there are just as many singers that were flashes in the pan over this time. How many singers' careers have like come and gone? Yeah, over the course of like a debut. That's right. But whatever we're listening to, it's all been amazing. Whether whatever age, yeah, sure. This has been unbelievable. Right. Yeah. I think maybe the common denominator with the recordings we've listened to so far is these women chose repertoire that suited their voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they were singing things that, whether it was Tosca, which mm -hmm. is heavier, mm -hmm. or whether it was super light stuff like Kathleen Battle did, they sang what was appropriate for their instrument. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why they were able to preserve. And is uh, that possible yeah. in today's? Uh, you know, operatic yeah. industry yeah. climate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. Do we think it? I mean, if you think about it, uh, Kat, one of the singers we listened yeah. to, Kathleen Battle, was in an era where it was very singer-centric, which mm -hmm. allowed her to go the direction she went to, and in many ways, her firing for her behavior was the kind of harbinger of the end of that yeah. movement. Of being all about the singer and all yeah. about you know being indulgent yeah. uh, to the singer. Right. Kathy um, Battle would have had a year career and been done because she yeah, would have. Right. Yeah. Nobody would have worked yeah, with her. Yeah. Off the wrong she would have right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I I have heard um, there is a soprano that has sung with a group that that I sang with that amazing, stunning. But she was late to every rehearsal we ever had. <clears throat> late, almost late to a performance. It was a um, performance in a church, uh, but like a, you know, like a paid for ticket performance, and um, it was a Messiah. And so, as a soprano, she didn't come on till I don't know, like thirty minutes in. Mm -hmm. um, and so the concert was set to start. She was not there. Um, and turns out that uh, she was taking a nap in her hotel room down the street and she thought, oh, well, I'll just, you know, come in the back of the church and put on my gown and, you know, wander on when it's time for me to come out. And so, you know, they're calling her and all of this. Right. And, and the next morning, you know, I heard her lamenting. I just, I just don't understand. Like, you know, I go to these auditions and I do like one performance and then, you know, nobody calls me back. And I'm thinking, yeah. hmm, okay. You know, so it's, I think, you know, it's a, but but then I also wonder, like, did anybody ever tell her, hey, the reason we haven't hired you back is because you were late, or well, you yeah, didn't show up, or you, you, but yeah, they yeah. won't tell you, you yeah. know, and it, I feel like it, it's sad, because she was amazing, yeah. but, you know, and it still doesn't, matter yeah, still doesn't have a career, because, yeah. yeah, you know, that's she's late. That, that, that somehow, um, nerves, that's like a different way of expressing nerves is mm -hmm. you know we can all wake up and be on time for a performance right. and so this was her her thing was well she was two hours late for the rehearsal too right oh. and, but, but that's traffic that's, yeah. her, that's her thing that's
I mean, there's like it's there's a matter, traffic, it's a yeah. means True. of sabotaging yourself. It's, it's yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if she's really not aware of it, I mean, there's no way Kathy Battle didn't know that what she was. Oh no! When yeah. we were in Cincinnati, like she probably had a car take her from the hotel yeah. to mm-hmm. the rehearsal. She just it wasn't ready. We don't know what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't ready. I mean, she had to put her face on. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or the cancellations like Caballet, like the pianissimos are amazing, mm-hmm. but she canceled all the time. That wouldn't fly nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Right. So it's just a different different time. Right. And so as a result, I think that today's industry probably puts more taxing on that school. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. wonder. Or do roles maybe you're not ready for at a younger age because you want that break or that opportunity, mm-hmm. or you get known for this, that, or the other, and mm-hmm. so you do so many of them, and then you voice is like is an athletic, it is an athletic thing, and so like athletic things. If you're doing things, you can have repetitive injuries, yeah. and you can then get stuck into ruts. And yeah. you know, I think I think it's. I mean, it it sounds kind of diva-ish, you know, or devo-ish when you hear of agents saying, "Well, if you're going to hire my artist to do this role, which they're really known for, then you need to also hire them to do yeah. this other thing." You know, with and it's a matter of some of that. It probably comes from not just you know getting other contracts because we want the hot commodity, but also, the artist, if they're smart, is saying, I need to stretch in my mm-hmm. voice and my repertoire so I don't yeah. get pigeonholed and also, you know, worn out. Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend who's, like, now has a really wonderful career, but basically a really famous, like, singer slash conductor wanted her to do really heavy repertoire. And she was really young and knew enough to say no. Mm-hmm. Knowing that this person was super important and could have launched her career. Mm-hmm. But her career probably wouldn't have lasted long. It wasn't her voice. Right. And she had the, the divaness, I guess you could say, to say no to a really great well, career opportunity. Well, not just like smart. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she could, have, she could have not had a career. You know, right. it takes a lot to say no to somebody yeah. who can launch your career, is giving mm-hmm. you an opportunity at a major house, mm-hmm. you know, in rep that's not appropriate. Right. Right. What I don't think I would have been able to say no. It's hard, yeah, because singers are. You think it's your only opportunity? Yeah. Like you're, you want well, you would say no one time, and then, then I'm going to do something else. Do. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she could have sung it, but she knew that that would mean that she would get hired to sing other just other that, things. and then yeah. it wasn't right. And then she wouldn't have had, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, um, you know, I, I okay, so is a very bad analogy but you know I get I'm known for helping people move or at least I was for a long time Mm -hmm. and I could like I can go out and help somebody move all day long and move the furniture up the stairs and whatever but if I did that all day long day in and day out I would not last yeah but if I did that once or once or twice a year when I was in my 30s and early 40s no problem I could do that but if that's what I became known for and I had to do that to make my living Right. I'd be in traction your, your, already. Your yeah. knee would have gone out a long time. So, you know, so, so it's a matter of, you know, it's can you do it? Yes. Can you do it well? Yes. But does that mean you should be doing it all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, oh, I always use sports analogies for people similarly. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, let's say you're built like 
a basketball player. Like, yeah, you might be able to play tight end, but like, are you really built to play tight end for many, many years? You know, it's like putting your body through something that's not, that's not something you can repeat on a daily basis healthily. Right. Like that's basically what singing is, repeating mm -hmm. something, you know, the same way healthily over time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you, which if you is get, what we've listened to today, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but how did Tina Turner do what she did? Yeah. And I'll be honest, if you listen to early Tina and later yeah. Tina, it's there's, there's, there's a little more brown meat in there. Yeah, yeah. more more yeah. gravel. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you might hear it more with pop singers. Yeah, even the best ones that have great technique, like Celine Dion comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I think she has a great voice. But you can definitely tell the difference between when she was in her twenties versus now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's maybe more the frequency of how much she's had to yeah. perform. Yeah. Where classical singers you don't there just aren't as many performances. Right. You know, like a classical singer's never gonna have a residency in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So you're not gonna put that one every night yeah, for three months. Yeah. 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 Well look at Mariah Carey. Yeah, I mean, we can aspire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mariah Carey is that lyric color tour who burned burned out, but everyone wants to hear her do right. her early stuff. She right. doesn't have those hits yeah, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So so they pipe it in, you know. Yeah. Or synth it in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, what do we think about the third line? See, there's a lot yeah. left in most people's yeah. glasses. It's a very different wine. It is very different. I liked it. Um, I feel like it was similar to number two in that you could you definitely could tell like it was an older Chardonnay. Nimoncello, what are you doing? <laughs> Having a blast. I, I think, you know, it, it definitely falls more into the savory wine we were yes. talking about. Yes, agreed. It, it doesn't really have very much is. acid at all. Um, well, or, I don't know about that. But well, I mean, not a lot of fruit. But it doesn't have a lot of fruit. Yeah. Um, it finishes very kind of chalky. Mm -hmm. um, and the wine actually, I was, I'll be honest, when I smelled it at first, I was like, ooh, this has like a balsamic smell to it. Mm, this okay. does not sound, this, it, will this, is this wine going to be turned? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I just screw the up here and I, I tasted it no, no but then it would be a learning experience no right yeah. no i didn't it hasn't turned it's but it definitely had in in that balsamic you know quality it it is in that whole savory mm -hmm. side of acid mm -hmm. yeah um I felt and like I, it, it was in between the two okay. i didn't feel like it was as clean as the first one mm -hmm. and, but i didn't feel like it was as developed in a positive mm -hmm. way as the second I one. I, I, yeah. So I would put it kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I I will say it, it was better when I snuck out there and had some of the brie um, ah, okay. uh, with it, which was good, but, um, but still, no, but I definitely feel like in, in many ways, I almost feel like it was slightly out of balance too, mm -hmm. as, it, as it aged, yeah. uh, versus the other two. Um, Do you remember what this one was like when you first tasted it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, how has it changed? Um, the fruit quality is less, and it's actually, it's, it, it comes across as fuller body than it did mm -hmm. when it was young. Okay. Not that that's, you know, it just, I think it's just, uh, it just comes across as a, a, a little more heavy body wine mm -hmm. now than it did when it was younger. Um, 
but it's always been slightly austere. It always had that chalkiness to it in the finish. But I think the chalkiness was much more pronounced in this. Yeah. It came on. It come instead of being chalky on the very end of the finish, where it used to be this wine, you would drink it and you would have a little fruit and bright acidic curl, and then the chalkiness. Now I feel like you. You guys all know what I mean when no, I say I like front and mid and finish. So like front is, no, front, like is, front is like when you first sip the wine. Mid palate is you have the wine in your mouth and that's what you're tasting. And you swallow and that's the finish. And so sometimes when you swallow the wine or spit the wine if you're drinking, you know, professionally, um, then that you still at the beginning of the finish get what the mid palate is, where your whole tongue and mouth is enveloped and then it slowly or quickly fades into something else. And I felt like this wine, very quickly on the finish, went all to like chalk. So when you say chalk, sorry, yep. that's what I meant. Um, yep. What do you mean by chalky? Is it like a texture thing? Or? It's a texture mm -hmm. and a taste thing. Okay. Like, I don't know if you ever, you know, you're younger than me. than me. So like when I was in kid, there were a lot of chocolate in chalk. the erasers and you, oh, yeah. and you would smell and you could kind of taste when you smelled the chalk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clap the erasers yeah. together right. you know, and get in your mouth. Now taste the wine. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, now yeah, taste yeah, the right. wine. And then when you finish, you see what I'm talking about? It's like a dry, powdery. Yeah. Okay. I can see the dry and the powdery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna go home and eat chalk. Yeah. No, <laughs> and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. But I mean, but, but by the same token, I mean, we were having the wine. Uh, I forgot one of the older wine the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't. It's like pencil shavings. It was kind of that graphite wood. Yeah. You know. Like now, I'm getting it more. Like a good ten seconds okay. later. Yeah. Okay. See. All right. I was trying to force the chalking. We're not forcing it. No forcing it. All right. So. Uh, because there's so much double play and everything, we don't have like a uh, fourth selection with and, and et cetera, and we don't, we're gonna have uh, play out selections, which I'm gonna let um, Megan talk about in a second, but I thought I'd reveal the wine. Yes, then, yeah. Uh, but before I do, your favorites? Two. Two. One. I like one. One? Yeah. All right, two ones and two twos. There you go. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so. Uh, Extreme. <laughs> well, anyway, all right. No one likes. No, no one, no, no one said no one liked it. Yeah, it was your favorite. favorite. I don't have a strong yeah. feelings about it. So this is a Cake Bread Cellars from okay. Napa Valley, yeah. 2013 Chardonnay. Yeah. So this is, you know, right at that five year old, the 2018 mm -hmm. would be the current. That's right about when you're moving into, you know, a, a more aged Chardonnay. So again, we talked about this had more of those fruit vibrant uh -huh. flavors that were mm -hmm. still there that you thought and fresh and may have passed. Mm -hmm. That's because, you know, it's only five years. It hasn't really gone much down that, that path of the age. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, right, number two. Did you so say period. the year? I'm so sorry. Oh, 2013. Okay. Cake Bread Cellar Chardonnay. Because they're relatively new, right? Oh, like. Not anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, may I ask a quick question? Yes. 
So when you say, okay, that was only like five years, so we're saying more aged is... Right, so uh, so so backtracking, it, it's okay because I, I brushed over near the beginning, but, but you know, zero to two years, you're not really aging. Mm -hmm. Two to five years, you start to maybe age. Some small characteristics might come in. When you start going beyond five years and beyond, okay. for Chardonnay mm -hmm. yeah. particularly, that's when you're really going to start to see the aging process move in. Um, and so uh, now this wine is uh, uh, the Casa L'Apostole uh, Chardonnay Cuvée Alexandre mm -hmm. uh, from the Atalayas Vineyard in the Casablanca Valley of Chile. Mm -hmm. um, this is 2009. Oh, okay. okay. So near going on 10 years old. Yeah. All right. Old, yeah. And, an old Chardonnay. Oh, there you go, an old <laughs> Chardonnay. And taste it. But, you know, one half of you liked that. So there you go. Uh, nothing wrong with that, that being an old Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this is a uh, 2010 uh, Louis Jadot. Chasson de Montrachet. Mm. Uh, this is a um, Premier Cru. Uh, yeah. So this is, you know, well, this you know, white Burgundy or Chardonnay. This is, this would, you know, retail when I bought it for around fifty dollars a bottle. And this is the kind of wine that they mean to age. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, when I was looking on our uh, app that goes with the, the seller and everything. It was saying it could go to 2025. So uh -huh, no, it's, yeah. it says it has years mm -hmm. left in it to go. Um, but it, I guess that only depends upon if you like the direction it's going. That's right. another thing to remember in aging any wine is you have to like what's gonna happen when wine ages. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does. So when you have aged Chardonnay, does it all have to be oaked, or can you can no. you do uh, either way? No. So there's there was very little oak on the French, and there wasn't a lot of oak on the Cape Red. Yeah. Just a little bit, but not a lot. But it's definitely a, the second one. Second one definitely had some oak, mm. but it, again, not a ton. It wasn't like a in its youth. It wasn't like a big buttery. It wasn't like a a Rob Bauer or a you know you, you guys you guys had that yeah. Right? I someone told me the other day that's called like cougar juice. Um, <laughs> so so for just out of yes. curiosity, how much was the cake bread? The cake bread, uh, thirty two. Okay, and the the Lapostola. Uh, it was twenty four. Okay. So they were all like higher end designs. Right. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna but better I mean, made. Chance, so they I mean, like, it's not granted. I mean, the recent we had, I talked about earlier. I bought for like eight, eight or nine dollars. So right. Um, and and it was a riesling, which had already had some sugar component that helps. I mean, wines that age, white wines that age. You're talking like um, some semiols, some obviously chardonnays, rieslings. Uh, some some other um, Alsatian type similar wines like some Gewurztraminers, um, all that have say, <coughs> pardon me, a little sugar component which also aids to the ability of letting that wine age. Uh, it's another framework uh, on top of acidity or tannins. Um, the problem with tannins in white wines are, yes, some of them fall out and some of them, some people talk about wood and oak integrating into the wine, but if it's out of balance to begin with when it's young, it'll still be out of balance when it gets older. Um, 
in this case, I don't think it was out of balance at all. I just mm -hmm. think that when he was younger, I just think you take everything was younger, so it was all more vibrant. You tasted the wood and the oak more vibrant. You tasted the fruit more vibrant. In 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 the case of it being nearly ten years old, it's you know, well, ten years old from harvest, it's mm -hmm. much mellower, much rounder, has greater depth. So um, that's why that that wine showed that way. Um, but the great thing about aging wine is just opening it up and see. Mm -hmm. What did we yeah. open a two thousand and what was it, two thousand and seven rose the other last year yeah. that we were like who yeah. ages rose yeah. and we were blown away how incredible yeah. it was so mm -hmm. you know don't just dump the old wine yeah. you might have if it's been stored properly which basically means on its side in a cool dark place you know try it first maybe you'll surprise yourself that's bad. Dump it out and open another bottle. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> any blinds that I haven't opened. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some people. Some people there are some people. Like, they look at the oh. date. It's not yeah. like it's oh, not like milk. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not gonna curdle. Right. Yeah, oh, no, you're not gonna get sick from it. Definitely not dumping. People are trying. No, but by the same token, I you know I was chatting with one of my reps the other day, and he was talking about he went to the wine store. He walked in, and like there were these empty, vast empty sections of his Chardonnay shelf. And he was and he was there, you know, tasting a bunch of Chardonnays. Wow, you really need Chardonnays. Said, well, yeah, I just had to, you know, throw a bunch of mine out. He said, What do you mean? He's like, Well, you know, it was two. They were 2017s. Oh, oh my God. No. Yeah, but, no, you but, can still drink 2017 well, easily. What was well, I throw out? He means he couldn't. No. He literally. They were in the dumpster, like oh literally. The rep was no. like, What do you do? He says, Oh, they're out in the dumpster. We just threw them out this morning. And this was like. It was like a 90 degree age, it went out, and it's all, no. it's all at that yeah, point. It's I feel like ruined. best dumpster diving day and, ever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, but but that speaks a lot to, you were one, but um, it speaks a lot to a lot of the consumer mind because a lot of people go out and uh, they, they go to the store and they see a vintage and maybe it hasn't changed or maybe it's, it looks a couple years old. Oh, I don't want that old one. I want the new, I want the fresh. Yeah. And um, you were one, right? Yes. And so I, I, don't, I don't do that, but so many people do. And this, this obviously this merchant was in the market where his clientele, they weren't buying that wine. Mm -hmm. And he perceived it was because they thought it was too old to, to buy and enjoy, mm -hmm. so it's sad because I've been like, wow, you know, like he, I would got it for a dollar a bottle. It could have, it could have been, <laughs> yeah. it could have been like that, you right. know, that recipe I always joke with you about when you, they, when oh the yeah. the the winter soup where you render the bacon fat and then it says discard bacon. We're like what? discard what? in my mouth every <laughs> So, um, anyway, so. Yeah, so that's the big wine reveal. And um, I guess we're at a point where we should go to our playoff song, so I'm gonna let Megan talk a little bit about our playoff song. So we have two. I can speak uh, relatively quickly. It's Joni Mitchell singing both sides now. Oh. One when she was 21 and one, I don't know. Uh, well, let's see, 60, 60. 60? Yeah, 60, 60s, in her 60s. Um, and so instead of talking about it, I um, 
I picked two uh, things that I read uh, about people listening to the recordings, and I thought I'd share them because I think it fits with what we're talking about. It says, this is the second, re this is the re-recording of her song. Uh, this is the most hauntingly beautiful re-recording of a song by its creator I think I've ever heard. Recorded more than 30 years after the original, it aches with the weight of knowledge and experience of life between its inception and its re-singing. An unbearable melancholy of the slings and arrows time throws at us, as well as the inevitable regrets and sadnesses of love's, love's lost, time squandered, and the passing of mostly future into mainly past. Mm. I've never heard sadness portrayed so beautifully and tenderly. It really floored me and re-energized my resolve to embrace every day with the gratitude and joy that it surely deserves. So that's true, but as you listen to it, I sometimes wonder, uh, well, I don't, please see if there is definitely peace and joy within this song and actually a very positive uh, mm. message to it as well. And then this, of course, going with our wine, women, and song is what I'll uh, end with. Uh, has a, vul a vulnerability and sensitivity ever been more beautifully expressed? Joni wrote this song in her early 20s. I sometimes wonder, did she realize at the time of writing it that this song would become the equivalent of a great fine wine, one that would become richer, mellower, and savored as the years passed. I suspect I am not alone in feeling that this is more than a song to me. It is, deeply it, it is a deeply loved friend that has accompanied my life in moments glorious and heartbreaking. This is the song for the ages. I just want to say one little thing here, right on. I think the advantage Jody Mitchell has over all the other artists is the ability to play with the work of art. You know what I mean? With less constraints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, clearly she created herself, which gives her more artistic freedom, but and I've listened to these already and, and in preparation, but I absolutely agree with everything you said, and I almost feel like it—it it makes me wonder what some of these uh, older women may have done if they had a little more flexibility. You know, mm -hmm. we talked already a little bit about mm -hmm. they played with the tempi or they did this or that there mm -hmm. because maybe they had the the pull or they had and they were able to do it mm -hmm. to tell. But what if they had had more? Mm -hmm. What could they have gone on even further deeper? And so, and when it's, you it's listen, amazing. and when you listen, her voice has aged. Oh yeah. Her voice has hardened. Her voice has been with smoke. Her voice has been, uh, but, but, it's it's an artistic piece. Right. It's it. Well, it's a bit. It's about. It's about telling the story, mm -hmm. conveying the, the message with the human voice, and that can be done at any age effectively and it doesn't always have to be done with the most beautiful tone. Right. Uh, so thanks the even oh. for opera singers. <laughs> right. Saying. Even for opera singers, that's right. So alright, so we'll play out and we'll enjoy our wine.
Thank you. 